Welcome to Sound As Ever, an Australian Music Vault podcast produced by young content producers and radio makers interested in exploring stories and issues in the Australian music scene. This episode takes a look at gender inequality in the music industry and the ways in which it influences the work of artists and others in this creative field. This episode was produced by Elsie Bath and Shajudi Hossein. Opening up the music video with two white cis bros on leashes, I'm saying this is my space, you're a guest, you're invited into this space, and by me having you on a leash, I'm saying I'm in charge and I'm dictating your movement. And when I put it in reverse, you get flashbacks, if you coming for my bag, I'm a clap back, and if you got a fat ass, my name's Miss Blanks. I'm a rapper musician based in Australia. I've been doing it for about 14 months now, and I do a lot of activism externally to my music, but also a lot of my music has like these undertones of various social issues. We are in 2018, the year promising leaps and bounds in the social revolution that's been brewing since the 60s the feminist revolution. In the music industry in particular, the hashtag MeNoMore campaign highlighting the widespread manifestation of gendered assault and harassment, the growing popularity of women and gender diverse individuals producing and distributing their own music independently. Steps like these are encouraging gender diversity in the music scape. However, the facts remain. Triple J's By The Numbers report found the Australian music industry continues to be dominated by men across almost every level. My name is Elsie. I've grown up in Melbourne going to live gigs and festivals. This city at the bottom of Australia is often referred to as a bubble for its ideals and progressiveness. But if I can see the gender inequality in the music scene even here, How overpowering is it through the rest of the country? In the years to come, I want the first release of major festival headliners to be gender diverse. I want to hear a solo woman or gender diverse person take out the top spot in the Triple J's Hottest 100, just once. I want there to be a gender spread across all areas of the music scape in this wonderfully diverse country. I want all of us to have the same opportunities and rights across the board. It's simple and yet proving difficult to reach. In the Global Gender Gap Report for 2017, it was estimated that equality between men and women won't be achieved for another 200 years. And that's just economics. This might be why there's such passion in Miss Blank's voice when she talks about the music video for her song Clap Clap. It stirred up controversy and conversations around gender power structures with its opening shot. I don't know, the idea that, like, I could really shake men to their core just by presenting that scene. For years, you know, men have been socially conditioned to believe that women um, are there to please, you know, Um, and that they can be treated like dogs, like animals. That's always been fine because through this male gaze, it's, that's just, you know, the norm. But as soon as you have someone trying to challenge that, or literally flip it on its head, it's like, whoa, 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 hold up a second. We're not used to seeing that. That's not okay by us. 
The fire in Miss Blank's belly hasn't always been there. Before her music called out gender inequality, it started in a completely apolitical way, just based off her raw talent. I was actually out with a friend one night at a party and I'll never forget it. So my friend's Hannah Bronte. She runs this club night in Brisbane, all, all over, called Fan Press. We were at this party and there was this breakdown of L- Little Kim, Queen Bitch. It's this like cool instrumental part. And I started freestyling, started rapping. And she kind of just turns to me and she's like, since when? I had no idea you could do that. And I was like, it's just like this fun little thing on the side, like a little, I don't know, it's just like a special skill. You know, a lot of people have many special skills. I was like, yeah, it's this thing I do. And she was like, well, I have this club night, I have this event in a couple of months, and I would love for you to come on board and um, perform. And I'm like, perform what? I don't got tracks. I'm not like an artist or a live performer. It's just, I can rap. The rest was history. But have you heard of that trans rapper blank sass thicker than a pockets where she finna make bank? Miss Blanks has had such rapid success since the beginning of her career, building on the foundations of hard work laid by those before her. There was such a gaping hole in the music scene that her style filled perfectly, and the world was finally ready to accept into the mainstream. Most of the times I have such tunnel vision with my work and what I'm doing. So it's like, I realised at the time, I need to make a, I need to, you know, make music that I can put out. And if I'm going to make music that I put out, it has to be music that I like. And once I looked at my musical influences and also my, I guess, just what interested me at the time of creating and also to now, I'm like, no one's really doing this. And that's cute. The kind of music I'm creating is like of a very particular experience. It's of my experience. This kind of creative style, charged with female and gender diverse experience, seems to be trickling into the popular music landscape. From Stella Donnelly's Boys Will Be Boys to Camp Cope injecting new lyrics into their song, The Opener. The band changed the lyrics for their Falls Festival appearance over the 2018 New Year to It's Just Another Man Telling Us We Can't Fill Up a Tent. It's Just Another Fucking Festival Booking Only Nine Women. Broadcaster Tracy Hutchinson believes this new approach is not only paying off as a way to forge a music career, but it's also creating space for new experiences and stories in the industry. The role of women in the creative sector is a is has been a, a huge issue for me for my entire career. Um, so, and I've watched several waves of, I guess, fashionability around this particular issue. But I've never seen momentum like we have now for real and lasting change. And I'm really confident that we are in that moment where we actually see real change happen. I'm Tracy Hutchison. I'm a career broadcaster, now academic. Uh, so I started my career at Triple J and worked for a whole bunch of people in between now and then. And that whole bunch has meant that Tracy has seen and heard it all. This is a, a nanosecond in time. If you think about the 60s, 
you know, couldn't, women couldn't go into pubs. 70s, we've got, you know, Helen Reddy, I Am Woman, the punk explosion. The 80s was an incredibly political era in Australian music, not just for women, but the politics of the 80s was, was significant. And what's happening now is, is this response, largely by young women performers, who are looking at the framework of the industry and thinking... This doesn't serve me. I'm not. I'm not even interested in being part of that because it's not the kind of art or or music that I want to create. There is nothing there for me. So I'm actually just going to create my own models. So why are we seeing this shift in history? What's driving it? I think it's driven by a, a great, a profound sense of assuredness about I, I deserve to be here. I am going to take my place. I'm not going to ask permission. I don't need to to ask permission. And I think to a certain extent, I would like to think that it's also come out of a generation of women who are their mothers, (laughs) who've actually raised young women to take their place. His story, I think that even, even on itself tells us a lot about what version of past events we actually end up celebrating and remembering um, often at the expense of some incredible women who've done great things so hopefully um, you know we can start holding a whole lot of women up and celebrating them. Recognising achievements by women is something Tracy has taken seriously. Most recently through the new awards ceremony the Australian Women's Music Awards. After a massive 30 years of planning, the first ceremony will be held this year. The Australian Women in Music Awards is happening because there has been an historic underrepresentation and undervaluing of the contribution of women in their chosen profession in a range of roles in the industry. The Australian Women in Music Awards is is absolutely about recognising that we, we have to start rewriting and redressing history with a little bit of her story. You might be thinking that having awards specifically to celebrate women is an outdated concept. But since 2012, when the Grammys became non-gendered, not one female solo artist has walked away with the top prize. Although the Australian Women's Music Awards is giving female musicians a platform to honour and celebrate the amazing work of their peers, the only issue with the awards, and most awards ceremonies still to this day, is that they're gendered. How does an award system ensure women are lifted up but also validate the work done by gender-diverse people? This is where we get into, I think, probably the... The, the greater challenge now for us in terms of how we create platforms and create opportunities that are truly inclusive because even speaking in gender terms, I recognise that that is a particular perspective informed by my experience. I think it's really challenging because you, you want to you be mindful that you're not othering people. Uh, you want to be mindful that in creating um, an opportunity or or an award or some kind of recognition that you're not you're not you're not doing the opposite of including people yeah. 
And you want to make sure that you, in any kind of situation that might require perhaps quotas or something like that, you're not requiring, you're not gender profiling people. Yeah, it's one of those things that I feel you just kind of go round and round thinking of the best framework that would be inclusive and also solve representation issues. It's a challenging one. It's a really challenging one. Working with gender quotas and awards are a way of seeking representation and recognition across the board, but they don't come without their pitfalls. It's a step in the right direction, of course, towards lasting change, but can we see it yet? Is it palpable? It's not just about supporting those wanting to make a change. It needs to come with a universal shift in our perspective. That women and gender diverse people have every right to take up this space and feel like they belong. Some things may have changed, but women are still not um, being allowed to headline and they're still overlooked when it comes to putting them on the bills for festivals. My name's Lindy Morrison and I'm probably best known for being the drummer in the Go-Betweens, but I have played in a number of bands, um, Cleopatra Wong with Amanda Brown, and presently I'm playing uh, drums with Alex the Astronaut. Lindy has been around the Australian music scene since her first gig in 1977. A lot has changed in this time. In the past, it was the norm to go to a music event and not see any women on the lineup. Now stations like Triple J and festivals such as By the Meadow are enforcing quotas to create a gender-diverse spread. But Lindy has been dealt firsthand the ingrained prejudice working as a woman in the music industry, not just in the 70s and 80s, but to this day. I think you mentioned in a very early interview that you got mistaken for a groupie. Is that right? Oh, I think that's happened quite a few times, actually. Okay. <laughs> so people have misunderstood. Look, just the other day, I'm playing with Alex the Astronaut at the moment. We're doing this festival circuit, and it, the band had, it was finished. So we'd finished playing, and I'm on stage taking down my, my cymbals and my snare. It's a festival stage, big stage. I'm taking down my cymbals and snare, and some guy comes over and he takes the stands with the cymbals on. And, and I'm just standing there, like, watching him walk away, and this guy walks up and he yells at me, what the hell are you doing on the stage? Get off the stage. We've got to clear the stage. He had no idea why I was there. None whatsoever. He had no idea I was the drummer. And he it never occurred to him in a million years that I was the drummer. And I just told him where to go in no uncertain terms. He then apologised to me. Yeah, it comes up again and again. So why do you think not enough has changed? Is the industry listening? I think they're listening. I think people are, are, are definitely listening, but they just... They, they've just fall back on traditional behaviour without even being conscious of it. They just don't know. It's a good point, but it's also a bit of a cop-out. They just don't know. They don't know what exactly. That women and gender-diverse people can play music, that they're talented, strong and passionate, that they train and excel in their field without the recognition and fanfare. It's not just these everyday assumptions that can be damaging, that can be blown off as they just don't know. 
Morrison's skill as a drummer has been questioned time and time again throughout her career. I've heard that a few times, you know, oh, you know, it was a drum machine that played those parts, like as if those five other albums never ever took place and all that live work, so much on YouTube or so many TV shows reproduced, like I wasn't playing, you know, and I think that was sexism, but then again, you know, it's one of those things where sometimes you're just not sure what's going on and um, so you, you're careful not to call it out. But I always think in those cases, would they be saying those things if they were speaking to a cis male? Well, they, you know, they didn't say that about the male mm. players at that time who were in similar sorts of bands and where drum machines were being used. I've just never heard it said about any of them. Mm. I've never heard it said. So where do these gendered ideas in music come from? I think it's really important um, and interesting to think about, like, you know, gender roles and implicit bias and, yeah, the, the unconscious bias that goes on and enables the participation of different gendered identities to kind of flourish in certain roles. My name is Elspeth Skrine. I am one of the coordinators for Listen, which is a collective that explores visibility of marginalised communities in uh, the music industry from a feminist perspective. The fact that it starts so young, the way that we are gendered begins so early that we could live our whole lives, you know, unconsciously believing certain things about, um, you know, what women are meant to do and what men are meant to do. As Elspeth says, how we are socialised, what we grow up looking at and experiencing eventually turns into our worldview. This then influences those around us through our choices. It's just a continuous cycle. Tracy believes this has a trickle-down effect on the music industry there is a gender blindness and a tone deafness and a particular skewing around sensibility if your worldview is male. So you really have to ask questions about how pervasive has that been. It comes back to the pointy end structure. Who is at the top of the pointy end structure? And what is their worldview? And what is their skew around how they see gender? You've really got to kind of ask those questions because this is actually our cultural language. Music is the most powerful form of contemporary cultural language. What stories are we telling? What stories are we not telling or not giving room for? We've heard it said time and time before, a cultural language, a universal language. Music is what makes us human and a form in which we tell our stories and experiences. What a huge loss when we only tell and hear these stories from one perspective. And quite frankly, how boring. Who wouldn't prefer to hear something new from an unfamiliar experience? This movement to create an accurate representation of our world in the music we champion is extending not just to artists, but to all corners of the music industry. Elspeth, coordinator from Listen, says their organisation exists to promote the marginalised folk of Australia, particularly in the music scene. We run 
a conference. We run panel discussions. There's an offshoot record label called Listen Records and also live music events. Essentially, we've just been trying to respond to whatever is part of the current discourse around feminist, queer conversations around accessibility these types of conversations in the music industry we've just been basically responding to whatever's coming up at the moment we are focusing on a project called listen lists where we're creating live databases for um, different areas of the music industry which are particularly male dominated so that women and gender non-conforming people can add their details and experience and their kind of professional profile to a, a live database that we then distribute and make known in the wider music community. These listen lists are one way that this chronic underrepresentation of women and gender diverse people in the music industry is being addressed. Within the first week, they had over 70 people register for the online database, showing how much this is really needed. Listen also calls out underrepresentation and the cop-outs that usually come with it. There's some women coming up on the second lineup announcement. We asked, but they weren't available. We book bands who sell tickets. We book on talent, not gender. We discussion with female artists for next year's event. This is essentially a project about trying to really confront these excuses that are made in the music industry about, you know, well, we couldn't find a woman, we don't know any, or this one wasn't available. So this is like a very grassroots DIY approach to challenging that and saying, well, cool, we made a list, here you go. The Listen List is not just about recruiting and hiring women and gender diverse people adding them to the music landscape of Australia. It's about inspiring the next generation. If all you ever see as a young woman when you go to a bar or a club is a cis male behind the DJ deck, why would you ever see this as an inviting place to explore as a career? Miss Blanks also believes representation is important. I think it's really exciting to see more positive visibility and seeing people like myself reflected, you know, in music, on stages, just in everyday life, you know, you don't have to be um, famous, you don't have to be a celebrity or anything to be a trans person um, and to feel valued and to be valued and respected. Seeing someone that looks like you and is, you know, offers the same kind of intersection you offer, whether you be a trans person, whether you be a woman of colour, non-binary, so on and so forth. Um, I think that's also super important. That kind of representation and visibility can't be there unless opportunities are there. This year really is for, you know, women, femmes, non-binary folk. It's for the matriarch, you know. Everyone that I know that are pushing in music, that are doing big things, are women or femme or, you know, non-binary. They're, like, really changing culture, you know, and shifting things. I'm, like, creating, and my focus has always been me and my community. So it's like, as long as my community are cool, as long as I'm cool, if you don't like my music, you can go find some other white boy rapper. That's fine. That's so fine, you know? Um, because I'm not here for complacency. Just not. Not in 2018. Not ever. 
Like so many others, Tracy feels that this, 2018, is a time where we're seeing real change. I, I do feel that, and, 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 but in terms of the timing of it, it's al- it almost feels like next year would have been too late. 2018 just feels like it's the year. It's the year of the of, of woman taking her place in, in a whole range of ways, but certainly in music, it just feels like the mood is there. I think what those social media campaigns, um, the Me Too, Me No More, um, the, the, the range of, of hashtag campaigns that, that uh, or movements that actually um, came up as a result of them, um, to- told other women that there was a much bigger community there for us. It actually um, gave us gave us permission, actually. We each gave each other permission to honour our experiences and recognise that we were part of something that was universal, that we all shared on various levels some empathy and understanding, uh, if not experience, of the issues that were being raised through those campaigns. And I think what it told us was that in numbers and, and united, we, we are a pretty powerful force. This is the golden moment. Um, those social media campaigns ha- have actually almost created this momentum for change. It's actually created a bit of a juggernaut. And I do feel like it's a juggernaut that isn't going to turn around anytime soon. I do think that we, we are at a point where that, that tipping point is, is sort of happening, where if you're an organisation that isn't being more inclusive and representative in your outward-facing, um, you know, how you speak to the world, young people are not going to want to be involved. You're going to lose a generation there. You're going you're gonna to kind of really get left behind. Despite what Tracy sees as a time of rapid change, it's important to remember we need to not only be fighting for diversity, but to be conscious of our own privilege. However big or small it may be, give space and platforms to people that need it more than we do. Listen to stories. Learn. Stuff up from time to time. Sit with our own discomfort when we make mistakes. It's bound to happen. We all have unconscious bias, but it's learning how to question it, as Elspeth explains, that's the most important thing of all. I think having that level of critical awareness and, you know, challenging notions of equality is really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. particularly asking the question of, well, who, who is equal who is feeling like we've we've made it those who have more structural privilege and structural power are kind of feeling like we've made it like you know queer people are able to get married white women are are seen in you know more ceo positions looking at okay well who who is it who's made it into positions Mm -hmm. of power and just kind of consistently challenging what equality really is It's not just harassment in the industry towards women and gender-diverse individuals. It's not just boardrooms of men deciding which song will win an award or who will be signed to a label. It's not just fighting for gender representation on a festival bill. We've all grown up in a world that favours cis men, 
giving them more space to be music producers, sound designers, managers or musicians. It would be great to get to a place where we don't need to talk about quotas or gendered awards or lists of women and gender diverse people who are qualified and ready to work in the industry. But for now we do. Because we need to be aware of where we still need to improve. All of us. Even you and me. Lindy, Elspeth and Tracy are filled with hope. They can see a creative landscape in the future that is richer, more diverse, from all the people that will be allowed through the door that's been flung open. I, I think what the, the conversation will have changed in, in 10 to 20 years. And I think, um, you know, this, this wave uh, that we're seeing now is, will become a tsunami and uh, that it'll be no stopping at this time. You know, there was an attempt in the late 70s, there was an attempt, um, you know, uh, in the early 80s, there was an attempt in the early 90s, but not much happened and that's why it's built up to, the, to where it's got now, where uh, more and more women are demanding access to the stage and, and demanding the right to be heard. I think in the shorter term, I, I would hope that people begin to like develop that questioning perspective of like seeing a lineup and not just seeing it as, yeah, cool, these are the successful bands, but looking and being like, huh, it's only white people or it's only men. I hope that people begin to notice and call it out and can and confront it and that bands and bookers and festivals and all the people in the music industry begin to like listen. I really hope that 2018 is a, is a red letter year for people to think that that was the year that we saw some really significant shifts around representation and visibility. I really hope that what we're seeing is a moment in time where we started to get the balance right. Thanks for listening to Sound As Ever, an Australian Music Vault podcast. This episode was produced by Elsie Bath and Shijuti Hossain. Thanks to Sin Media, supporting partner of the Australian Music Vault.